as the study progresses, it becomes like more and more intolerable. I'm like becoming like nauseous just like from the pain of it. I can like, like my vision is starting to blur and I can't remember what I'm like actually trying to do. That's Joseph Fraley. He submitted himself to be experimented on for science and it ended up changing the way he looked at the whole rest of his life. The last burn threshold that I can't focus on the game anymore, I can only think, why am I doing this? That, like, the dots connect for me. And I think, holy shit, this is, like, life. This is the whole story and much worse. Each week on Derailer, true stories and events from people's real lives give us the jumping-off point to create improvised radio theater. My name is Eric Klein. On today's show, in addition to Joseph's true tales lived in his actual real life, we have three improvisers sitting at the table with us. They are my friends, Dylan Reef. I'm going to come right in there and give you a real wet kiss on those lips. Okay. And then you're cured. David Calkins. I need someone to talk to about it. I have all these feelings, and I can't express it to anyone else except you. And Michael Zimmer. Yeah, you got mice, you can catch a mice. You get a rat. You're never catching that rat. <laughs> you get rats and you got rats for life. <laughs> As you shall hear, they'll be listening closely to Joseph's story, listening with their superhuman improv listening skills, and then creating improvised comedy scenes. It's kind of shocking, actually, how much truth there was in that. <laughs> for, like, my experience. So, that's what you can expect on today's show. The one you're listening to now, it's called Derailer, and it's performed every Monday at the Kickstand Comedy Space in Portland, Oregon. If you'd like to come see us, make it up. If you have a true story that you'd like to share, the best way to know what the future holds is to check in with the Kickstand Comedy Space on Facebook. So, without any further ado, let's begin the episode that I'm going to call Saving Mrs. Brisby. Joseph Fraley, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Joseph, I wanted to ask you to start... If you had any pets, do you have any pets now? I do. I do have three pets. I have three uh, rats. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you laugh when he said rats? <laughs> okay, I guess I'll learn. Yep, I have three rats. What um, are their names? <laughs> their names are Pandora, Clementine, and Jolino. Um, so I have them. I have co custody of them with my fiance. Mm hmm. And uh, we we couldn't decide on names, so each of us, the agreement was that each of us would get one name that the other one wasn't allowed to touch. We just get a free name. And then we had to agree on only one name. That was the compromise. So, so which was the compromise name? <laughs> Jolino is the compromise name. That's the name of our, was the name of our favorite pizza joint, which was, by our accounts, the restaurant most likely to harbor rats. Uh, in, in the town where we met. And then which, which one did your fiancé, what's her name? Um, my fiancé's name is Amanda. Which, which, which name did Amanda pick? Amanda's name was Clementine, uh-huh. which strikes me as among the worst uh, baby, human baby names that a person can... Sorry to any Clementines out there. I guess there could be people named Clementine listening to this, but I didn't, I didn't want it for, uh, for a human child. Um, so she got that one. That was her like, this is my chance at a Clementine. Mm-hmm. And then the name you picked. Mine was, yeah. So I chose Pandora for, for my named rat. Is there a significance to the name Pandora to you? Uh, no, it turned out to be pretty appropriate in the end, but, uh, no, at the time. I How so? How appropriate? Uh, she's just a real, 
train wreck. She's opening all the boxes and unleashing havoc on my life at all times. How, um, how, how, how free reign are they in a cage often or are they out of the cage? Yeah, they live in a, they live in a cage. They, so they have a pretty, a pretty large cage. Um, it's probably like five feet tall. Um, so it's pretty substantial, like piece of furniture. Uh, they live in there like during the day when, when we're not there, they don't like just like run, run around the house when no one is there. But pretty much any time that I'm home, they're like free walking around doing what their ratty things. You're like the ideal rat owner. I wouldn't say that. Um, I don't know what the ideal rat owner is. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not a, I don't know. I don't know. But you let them out. They have. <laughs> yeah, that's a low bar. They, yes, I am the ideal. They're, they are allowed out of their cage. When I was a kid and friends of mine had pet rats, they did not leave that cage. Yeah, it's pretty sad. They're pretty misunderstood by the public in many ways. Those, it seems like the people I've met who have had rats uh, as animal companions have like themselves misunderstood them. And even that is like a step forward from like the general public's perception of rats, which is as like a uh, a menace worthy of uh, poison or worse. So, so yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm leaps and bounds ahead of. Uh, your dice roll as a as a rat in this world Tammy and I uh, we don't really well we didn't follow society's naming conventions when we named our kid Mm-mm. no sir Mm-mm. not us no we uh, we're both real big foodies Oh my I'd God. say we're really huge into we go to uh, we try to go to a new restaurant every week and so yeah. uh, our kid um, was named after our favorite restaurant uh, actually that week we waited up until you were ready to go into labor because mm-hmm. we didn't know that maybe we would eat something that would totally change everything oh totally you know at my first trimester we were like well Spago's oh duh. sure the amazing place yeah it's still an amazing place that was very quickly like outranked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there was um, uh, Les Pigeons. Oh, and my that gosh. Was, their sliders. Mm-hmm. That was, they, they have the best sliders uh, in the entire city. And, and I so. could really, I was like, in my brain, I was like, Les Pigeons, come downstairs. Yeah, I could picture him in a little, b- with a beret. Yeah. And a really little paintbrush. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? No, I thought it was good, but of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. try another restaurant and mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to strike gold. Yeah. Ended up being Lardo. Yeah. That's what we chose. Yeah. Yeah. It was a shame that we had that last. I really liked it, though. It I mean, ingr- it was fantastic. Place. My God. The pork shoulder mm-hmm. is braised. I mean, what I find most fun is that when Lardo is being naughty, uh-huh. I get to scream, Lardo, sizzle pie, Rodriguez, you get down those steps right now, and you atone for your sins. Yeah. We're also quite religious. So. Yeah, we're a pretty religious <laughs> yeah. family. Uh, yeah, uh, our cat is kind of a train wreck. <laughs> um, kind of just a whole, whole total mess. <laughs> yeah, it's just like if you've ever seen cartoons where there's a ball and there's scratch marks and asterisks and squigglies and a dust cloud, that's our cat. Yeah, she's... <laughs> She's something else. She 
I come home and I'm just like, oh, typical, typical tabby. She's scratched up the blinds. She's gotten fur everywhere. And I'm just, <laughs> I mean, that's just her personality. Yeah, no, I mean, some cats uh, go through life uh, very uh, subtly changing their owner's lives. And our cat has a very strong voice. Yeah, and I... I feel like I don't have my shit together because of the cat. Hmm. <laughs> kind of turned me into a train wreck as mm. well. Yeah, no, our lives have been impacted pretty heavily. <laughs> yeah. But most s- most nights are spent cleaning or just <laughs> exhausted from fighting the cat in a lot of different ways. Michael um, was an executive at Pandora before before the cat took over our lives. <laughs> Yeah, I was doing pretty well. I was on I was on a career track, but mm-hmm. you know, the cat comes first. Like you, when you when you <laughs> adopt a pet, that is your responsibility and what, you know, I dropped everything and I I don't regret it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't regret it, but my life is pretty pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no. Cat first. That's what we cat say. Cat first, but the cat first. Yeah. I don't want anyone to say that I'm a irresponsible pet owner. That God, we are anything but irresponsible. Yeah. When I see people yell at their dogs, I yell at them. <laughs> hey, Lardo, could you come into the kitchen for a second? Oh, okay. Your mom, I want to talk to you. Okay. Um, listen, uh, we've your mom and I. We've been kind of discussing things, and uh-huh. we we came across some news about your namesake. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sandwich or something, right? Well, your oh, name on, it's more than just is, a, it was a very good sandwich. It was a very good sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Um we found out that they uh started using some GMOs in their ingredients, which oh, is no. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. Mm-hmm. You know that those are bad. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, you, that's why I can't have corn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly like you that. can't have any corn ever. <laughs> Because all corn at this point is pretty yeah. much GMO, corn right? Is, it's also peasants' food, and we're yeah. foodies. Yeah, you're not a peasant, Lardo. Because <coughs> no. no peasant would be named Lardo anyway. No, no, that's what I tell all my. That's what I tell people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. So, Lardo, uh, uh, here's the thing: we we'd like you to kind of look more like your name. And mm-hmm. and you're kind of skinny right now, and just why? Why do you want me to look like it? Well, because we're getting a lot of comments from people. Like, why'd you name him that? And um, um, you know, that's really insulting. Then we thought, well, maybe if he sort of fit the bill, at least people would say, oh, you know, I, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of get it. Alternately, and this mm-hmm. is up to you. We are a family that believes in choices. You can also change your name to Bamboo. Oh, that's true. He's 16 now. Yep, In exactly. our family, when you're 16, you can change your name to whatever um, your f- organic. I was thinking, no, would it be okay if I was, can I be Pock Pock? Well, mm, can I be well, Pock Pock? To be fair, your, your, your father and I haven't eaten there yet. Mm-hmm. It's on our list. Uh, we what. had Bamboo last week, and it was sustainable and delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, it took me a while to get people to accept me as Lardo. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of a lot of long nights alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, I don't know if I can change to something goofier. <laughs> I don't well, think. Lardo Sizzle Pie 
Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, I know. Goofier? No, that, that not. That's not what I say. That's what the other kids say. Well, you tell those other kids that they have no taste. Mm-hmm. They've been calling me Lars. They like Von Trier. Yes. No, just Lars. Oh. <laughs> just for short. Man, what weird, what terrible kids. Well, they're sinners. That's what we call them. Yeah. Don't listen to them, all right? We should, we should oh, take them out of the secular school. We should put them straight yeah. in homeschool. Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. me, your your fiance Amanda, who helped you name these rats. Uh-huh. Uh, how, when, tell me, take me back to when you guys met. Those days. Is it college days? Uh, yeah, we were in grad school. Um, we took a we took a class together, so I was... Um, I had just moved to uh, start my master's degree in philosophy at the University of Colorado Boulder, and she'd been there for a year already, and we had a class together and some mutual friends, and um, I had just, like, come out of a pretty long-term serious relationship, um, and so she was, like, one of the people in my life at that time who sort of, like, helped me deal with that and, like, move on. Oh. Yeah. It's touching. Yeah. Nice. Uh, can I can I go back to something that I heard uh, in the? But of course, in the skit. Um, it's called a scene. Scene, <laughs> please. Thank you. Please. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Is skit a slight? Can I? Oh, I found that out very I, recently. I don't care, but some people have very strong opinions. <laughs> there's two words I have an aversion to, and it's it's troop and Ooh. skit. Because I feel like I'm juggling, and I, I think know. I think a lot of improvisers are, have just heard their parents be like, "Oh, so you did like a, some yes. skits? Yes, uh-huh. did some skits? Like it's we're more nuanced. I've, I've heard it <laughs> yeah. described as kids do skits and bits at summer camp, mm-hmm. and this like, but like as I don't. I don't Joseph, care. what did what grabbed you from the scene? We yeah, we just hijacked. This nope, thing. that was that was really helpful to me. That was probably the most helpful thing I could have learned in this. Never, <laughs> never offend an improviser. <laughs> made a big enemy here. Yeah, so I was thinking, actually, something that really resonated with me was that, uh, the, like, like, my life is substantially harder for having, for, like, caring for animals. Uh-huh. Uh, like, crazy much harder. Like, so, so much harder that I used to have, like, be really excited about being a parent, like a human parent. And after, like, caring, like, having so much responsibility for, like, other living beings, I definitely know that I don't want that ever. Oh, wow. Like, have, like, caring for rats taught me, like, oh, shit, I'm so glad that I did not become a parent before this because, like, this is a low-commitment way to realize that would have been a terrible experience for me. What's, what's the, like, straw that broke the camel's <laughs> back with rat ownership? Yeah, I think that it's... Um, I, I was surprised by it, too. Um... I think it's just, uh, it's like, the way, the way I think that it works is, like, people who are good parents, or at least people who are happy parents, or at least parents who don't kill themselves, uh, have, are, like, able to cope with the responsibility that they bear. They're like, oh, okay, like, they either set it aside, they, like, don't think about it, like, in ignorance, or they, like, they appreciate the responsibility they have over, like, growing this, like, creature and, like, putting them out into the world and, like, owning their, like moral personhood but they like and you know they just kind of like come to accept it like you know i'm just gonna make mistakes and you can't be perfect you can you can only do what you can as a parent we're all learning and i have learned as a rat owner that i will like never 
be able to cope with that responsibility. Like it just sort of feels like every waking moment of my life, like even right now as we're speaking, I'm thinking, what are they, what's happening at the house? Like what, what could they be doing in their cage? Like one, like one of them, we just recently moved and in the move, she like slipped off the top of her cage and like took a long fall, uh, which is something that I probably could have prevented easily. Uh, but also like now she's basically handicapped as a result. So just like walking around the cage is a danger to her. Like if she slips uh, off of a ramp or something, then she can like really hurt herself. So that's like a part of my mental state now. Like that can, that has never gone from my mental status. Uh, and I don't think that I'll like, I don't, I don't think that I would ever learn to cope with that. I think it would only be worse for me if I was caring for human beings who I had like, no, they weren't in a cage somewhere. They were like out in the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that I. It's it's a serious mental burden on me, which I wouldn't have known before. Yeah. Hey, Todd, grab your grab your crutches and come in here. <sighs> Todd, get in. I'm here. Watching TV. Todd, come come okay, on. I just, all right. Okay. Fine. What? I just want to. I want to. Just want to touch base with you. Okay. I work very hard, and I am a good parent. And the fact that you broke your leg. Doesn't make me any less of a good parent, and I just want to rap with you about that for a minute. Oh, you want to rap with me about that, Dad? Uh, let's drop the attitude me? and let's just have a chat. <laughs> okay, let's have a chat then. All mm-hmm. right. What do you? You know, first of all, you can't just call yourself a good parent, okay? Oh well, are you alive, Todd? Check your pulse because oh. you. I'm a pretty good parent so far. There are a lot of people who are alive who shouldn't be, I think, you know. Todd, I, I think I would just like you to cut me a little slack. I've, I know that you have been a little upset and a little moody okay. since the break. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, for what it's worth, I learned a big lesson about water skis. <laughs> well, you should have told, told me you didn't know what you were doing in the first place when we went on that trip. I learned a big lesson about water skis, too, because apparently there is a speed at which you are not supposed to go, mm-hmm. and you pulled me past that speed. <laughs> and we crashed into another boat, and I broke my shin. Yeah, well, those are the facts, Todd. But <laughs> another fact is how much fun were you having 10 seconds before the break? I'm not, I don't remember, honestly. No, oh, I t- Todd. The, the highlight of that trip was my shin cracking. That That's was the happened. highlight? No. It wasn't the feeling of weightlessness as you flew? <laughs> That was so fun. Don't try to make this. Don't try to say that you gave me a gift, and that I should I should appreciate it because uh, because overall it's the experience that matters. That's that's a bunch of crap. You think Icarus remembers the sun or flight? He well, he died. So right, he died. He just flew. He flew too close. He he's fine. Read a book. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's not. All right, son. Uh, made these wings out of wax. The totally. All right, now you go go ahead and fly. Okay, wait. Okay, hold on, Dad. Yeah. Okay, so you made these are wax wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I've made I've made stuff before. Icky, your dad you worked really hard on these. Okay, I, I look, I I appreciate these wings. I'm uh, the gift of flight. That is exciting. Yeah. I just want to have a quick pre-chat about the flight with the wax in the sun. <laughs> look. Do you want to fly out of this tower or whatever, wherever we are? Okay. We're, yes, we're, this is... Wow. Okay. Yeah, a tower. We are in a tower. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dad, are you feeling okay? Why? Why? Well, how do I seem? Because you, you've been giving me a lot of strange gifts recently. At first, it, you know, it was the, 
you know, first it was the slingshot made of ears. Yeah, it's fun. No, no, it was weird. <laughs> Every kid should have their own slingshot to go mess around and have some fun. You know, so get your get your knees dirty. Then you made you made me a cow made of ice. That was mm, strange. Yep. I and you, yeah. No, but these wax. Went, I work with what I got. You know. Are you throwing darts at a board and just making me things? <laughs> Look. Like mixing and matching fun words. You want the same. You want the same toys that all the other kids have. You want the like leather sl- sling that sh- that you throw rocks at. No, you want some ears. You want some. You want like a little wooden horse. No, that's boring. No, that every, every really kid's got fun. that. Yeah, I want to play with a horse and I want to play with a leather sling. Yeah, you can play with your friends. I can't show my. Uh, honey, look. I. I. I mean. Before we make any commitments to get married, I, I got to tell you, I, I, we've told you before, I don't want to have kids. Okay? I, I don't. I had... Who am I going to make stuff for? Well, you're going to have to find some... You, you can make stuff for whoever you want, but, it's, you know, the stress when I was young, I had an ant farm. All right? Do you yeah. have any idea? That <laughs> turned me off from kids, like, instantly. Ant farm turned you off from kids? Yeah. I if I can't... Well, imagine... <laughs> You know, it's hard enough to keep those ants, to, like, watch those ants and worry about them, and, like, where, how's the queen doing, and, like... We can what put our kids inside a glass case, just like those ants. <laughs> watch them dig around. <laughs> a, kid, a kid isn't an ant, though. A kid's, a kid's gonna want to be free, you know? Not if it grows up in a glass case. <laughs> hey, uh... Carolyn, uh, thanks, thanks so much for, uh... You know, given given me this time and this friendship, and it's been really meaningful for me to give you friendship. And I know you're going through a big breakup right now. Thank you, thank you. Um, I think you've made some really big steps. Uh, I think you're like finally getting over Jason, and it's been really cool to get to know you in that process. And I'm gonna kiss you right now. Uh, oh, um, I'm gonna come right in there wow. and give you a real wet kiss on those lips. Okay. And then you're cured. Then you're done. Wait, you're over it. I don't get it. What is it? Curing me from what? What are you curing me from? From this old dead weight boyfriend. We're going to move past it. I'm just going to give you one oh. real cool kiss on the lips. Real cool um, kiss Yeah, we're going to embrace. It's going to be really nice and warm. And then you're du- You're through this thing. We're, we are the other side of the forest. Can I just have my latte? I, I, can I just get my coffee and you go? come in here day? every day and we, we just chat. We just have fun. Okay. But this is the last line of defense from your mental health. We, I'm going, I just, man, I'm going to use a little tongue. It's going to, you're going to feel, we're going to get through this. Oh, okay. um, well, it's in the middle of a coffee place, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm still feeling pretty emotional so All right, why not cool we'll put it off a week when and next ro- week next week oh, you come in here no, I, I will about, get you your okay. latte and we will smooch i was i mean i was about to say you should we should do it oh but now All right. now you've said that no. it's not names so. on the cup too late oh, we're gonna kiss that, the name that's not the rule that's no, the rule i just made the rule names, names on, the, on cup. the cup so you're saying after i lost my son because his wings melted all all you all i gotta do is kiss you names on the cup zeus Wow. Yeah, lay it on me. You're good. You're gonna get through this, man. It's tough to be a parent. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I almost killed my son. I'm not sure if he's alive. Hey, <laughs> right here. <laughs>
Yeah, Icarus is totally dead. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought yeah. he died. But depends me, on what version yeah. of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. You know. Greek, Rome, you know, which mythology? But Joseph, um, you know, children are not as delicate as rats. But not not to take your life decisions away. That's not what I'm here to do. If I could just jump in, rats are very difficult to kill. <laughs> I, I've been. This is a secondhand story, but a guy, an exterminator in New York, was like, "Yeah, you got mice. You can catch a mice. You get a rat. You're never catching that rat. Yeah. <laughs> you get rats, and you got rats for life. <laughs> those guys. Those guys adapt. Yeah, they yes. live in the worst garbage situation. Rats are rats just, are very so. Just throwing that in. Just throwing that in. Sure. Uh, but but who who fell off the cage? Yeah, uh, Pandora fell Pandora. off the cage. I'm it's, sure Pandora is perhaps not as hardy as those yeah. wild rats of the city. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's a much older than a rat in the in the city would be. They typically live like they get to live about six months uh, on the streets. It's about how long they last out there. Um, but their their biological lifespan. The oldest rat ever was. Uh, there's a competition for the oldest rat in ex- alive. Every year they like round up all the oldie rats. And the, the current champ, reigning champion, his name is Methuselah. Yeah, he lived awesome. to be nine, okay. which is uh, about four times longer, almost five times longer than the biological known lifespan, how, how about old, two years. How old are your rats? They're over two years. They're approaching three. So they're very old now. So they're pretty old, yeah. So... Um, you know, it's that time. Uh, they have short lifespans, which I knew. I learned immediately after <laughs> coming to acquire rats how short their lifespans were. So I've pretty much been like bracing myself for the end from the start, uh, which is hard in its own way. But tell me about your first experience with rats <laughs> and friendship. Yeah. Fr- uh, well. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure what my actual very first experience ever with rats was, um, but but I think I know what you, what you mean. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, when I was in grad school, um, I had a friend, uh, <clears throat> a roommate of, of, of Amanda's actually, uh, and he worked in uh, in a laboratory in the. Um, I always forget the department that this was. It was the integrated physiology department. So I was, for those listening, I was like looking at my fiance and waiting for her to like mouth the words, which she didn't, by the way. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so he uh, was a graduate student in the um, integrated physiology department. And there they did some experiments on lab animals, including rats. Um, and there was just one day uh, he like came home like uh, sort of like um, like enamored you know like you know flutter eyed and like really happy and like he had a crush on someone and I remember at, talking to him about it like oh what, what's going on did you meet somebody and he was like oh well there's this rat at the lab that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> Was this uh, a jest or was this uh, not well feeling of yeah? He just seemed really elated. Like he seemed really Uh excited about having like met this rat. And heretofore, (laughs) I had not like talked very much with him about his experience in the lab. 
Um, it, I hadn't really thought much about his experience in the lab, uh, but he seemed just like so excited about this like newfound like relationship uh, that you know it sort of like captivated my interest. So it turned out that he had. <clears throat> there was this one particular rat in the lab that he had like developed a fondness for unexpectedly. And it was sort of like infecting his daily life. He was like thinking about her all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like ha- having, uh, having like developing a, a bond with this animal who he worked with in the lab. Um, so this was like the first time I had ever really like thought about a rat personally about like having a relationship with a rat. Um, it was kind of a surprising, it, it would turn out to be a surprising like way of being introduced to rats because through this convers- through my conversations with him about Mrs. Brisby, the rat who he met and <laughs> <laughs> fell in love with and named, um, it turned out that his role in the lab was pretty dark actually, that it was really um, uh, sh- shocking that he would develop this relationship like this. So the way that the studies worked, um, they would harvest heart tissue from rats uh, for, I don't know, various purposes. Um, And so the result is that the rats post-surgery would be um, euthanized. Uh, And so one of his jobs in the lab um, was to, like, choose, like, he was, like, the person who had manual responsibility for, like, selecting the rats and, like, bringing them to be harvested and then disposing of them and then moving the rats down the line in the series of, like, in this like row, this paneled row of cages of rats who were like awaiting their turn, and so they would all like there was like one cage. I never actually saw the wall of cages, but the way it's described to me is there's like there's one cage at the end, and like it's the rat for the day, and then there's a line of cages down the wall, and then you just like sort of move one down every day until your turn arrives. Jonathan, Jonathan, you. It's it's this has gone on too long. You really you really have to let me die. <laughs> You've performed so many experiments on me. <laughs> I've been through the ringer so many times. It's I know we've developed a friendship, but I I think I think you just got to let me go. I can't do that, Matthias. You're you're the oldest, wisest rat in the lab. I've learned so much from you. You can't you can't go. But look at me. Look at me, there are ears growing out of me. In there. so many places, I've, I've lost an eye. I have half my organs. This is no way to live. I'll grow an eye somewhere else, then. We already grew a bunch of ears on you. I'll put, put an eye somewhere and Jonathan, name an Jonathan, organ. You're not, organ. you're not listening. I know you need me. I know I've provided a lot of support for you in dark times, but it's time that you yes. lived your own life. Just... Can wait until my divorce is finalized, <laughs> please. I need support, please. Just, just a couple more months. The papers are almost full, filled out. Jonathan, I am so grateful for all you've done for me. You've given me the the gift of speech <laughs> in the earlier medication trials, and it's like I've been able to express myself, which is. It's not everything an animal is allowed. I, I realize now that I, I, that I should have named you Algernon or something. But because if you, that, if you re- I made you read that book actually, Flowers <laughs> for Algernon, as a rat. 
Yes. And you learned about a smart rat. And I thought that was, you are much smarter than Algernon at this point. Well, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> but I feel like you've projected your feelings onto me, and I've, I've been able to help you through this, but there is a time that must come where you must live on your own. The- Kathy, Kathy doesn't love you anymore. Oh, you were talking, I thought you were talking about yourself. You were talking about <laughs> me. Well, maybe... The point is, I need someone to talk to about it. I have all these feelings, and, the, and I can't express it to anyone else except you. Because you're the only one who listens. You have 17 ears. It's so easy. You hear so well. I hear too much, if anything. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Pinky Butters, this has been just the best summer vacation. My God, this cage has just been like super fun it was so different than the pet shop i'm like super excited to go back home oh (laughs) Oh, i mean bros for life bros for life but you know i gotta go back see my sis i got a couple kids by now i'm sure the gestation period is real slow oh dude Uh, should we tell him i don't know if we should tell him or not yeah oh Oh, I yeah, no, I yeah, that was me. I I pooped. Yeah, I was no, wait, wait. Are we talking about the same thing? You see how we're in a line of cages? Yes. And our cages moved up that line day yeah. by day. Yeah, cuz we're the best cage at summer camp, you know? <laughs> we're the best cage at vacation. Chad? No. Chad? This is this is the end, man. Yeah, I know. That's why we're going to hug it out. And then I'll see you guys next summer. No. Chad, they're going to place no. us in a box and re- suffocate us by cutting off all the oxygen in, in the box. They're going to vacuum it. And we just. It's going to be we're like just gonna you're go in to space. Sleep. Wait, is this, is this like a camp prank? Are we getting pranked by one of the other camps? No, this isn't like when. You woke up covered in wood chips. No, that, that was, was so funny. funny. That, that was, was so funny. Oh, man, I ran on the wheel all day. I was like, yes. oh, I got played. But when we put the stick in the wheel so that you started running and just kind of ran up and fell on your back, that was, <sighs> that was funny. These are like the best years of my life. And, and we cherish those memories too, yes. man. Yes, we best do. Best summer yeah. ever. I'm always going to remember you guys, and I'm going to tell my kids about you. They got uncles now. You guys are my boys. Um... Chad, did you hear the part where I said we're all going to die? Yeah, I, that's gone right over your head. That's weird. Like, it's like you don't even... It's like you really selectively hear what you want. Yo, well, I don't have as many ears as old Matthias in 1A. All right? That camp sucks. We are the fun camp. Are you talking about me? Shut up, Matthias, you old coot. God, he hears everything. He, I, yeah, there's nothing gets past him. Seriously. I should I should say that those are not functioning ears. <laughs> those are just like human ears that grow like in a rat body. It's, it's not good. Who knows what the future holds yeah, that's for that's animal true. experimentation and growing working human organs. <laughs> Joseph, um, your friend develops this affinity mm-hmm. for a rat that he names. Ms. Brisby. 
Yep, uh, Mrs. Brisby. Mrs. Brisby. I think it's. I think it's an important distinction. I. I think that Mrs. Brisby is the name of a character from the Secret, Secret of Nim. Yeah, the mommy. Yeah. So that's that's already that's a big no no <laughs> in like in science land. You don't fall in love. You don't name the animals, right? But he's he's crossed a line. Yeah, I think it's generally considered bad practice to name the subjects. Yeah. Right. So, Mrs. Brisby gets down the line. Down her, the cage is moved. He's he, your friend is moving the cage. Right. So, yeah. yeah so that's the second uh, mistake, scientific uh, error made here. So, having uh, developed. Uh, feelings for mrs brisby i really don't know how to like describe this relationship uh so what starts to happen is he like in in sympathy with mrs brisby he will he starts to like move her cage he starts to do this like a convoluted shuffling game where it looks like all of the cages are moving down correctly but in fact mrs brisby's cage is staying in place so she's never moving forward but all the other rats are like skipping over so if anyone were to like look and not look too carefully because they just assume that uh, everyone is like doing their jobs correctly in the name of science, then uh, no one would ever uh, have any questions. Uh, but as a matter of fact, this one rat is being spared the uh, harvest the whole time. So that's the game that he's playing. Um, but of course, it's sort of like, it's, the, it's a short game because there's only so many cages and like it it only it only <laughs> it only works if no one notices and people on, will notice when the rats start running out <laughs> like eventually he's got to like move the thing down because there's there'll only be that many uh, rats in the cages uh so yeah so so she starts so so eventually she's like moving down the line yes so your friend uh doesn't give up yeah, well, I have, so something happens in the middle here. So, like, she is, like, progressing towards her inevitable doom. Uh, and in, in the interim, while this is going on, uh, in the meantime, I have, on my friend's advice, started um, doing some medical, some lab testing, uh, participating in lab testing to make some extra money on the side. So it's a thing that my friend knows about because he's, like, working in the laboratory, and I'm like low on cash as a grad student, and one day he recommends like, "Oh, did you know that you can you can sign up to be a participant in experiments at the university, uh, and they'll pay you some money?" And he described like some really like frivolous, fun-sounding experiments that I could be a part of. Like I, I distinctly remember one was like, "Oh, uh, go to sleep, like take a nap, and then we like measure your brain waves for a baseline." And then wake up and like drink a series of craft beers and take another nap, <laughs> and then we like measure your baseline. You measure afterwards. So I'm like, great, yeah, like I can do this. This sounds. I'm signing up. I'm entering the system to be a participant. Um, but the way that it works is more like a lottery system. So like uh, the various departments can sort of like draw from a pool of candidates who have like enrolled to uh, hopefully be a part of different studies. And then they contact you if you like, meet their like, anonymized criteria. Um, so when I start being contacted to participate in experiments, it's never like the awesome like, get drunk and nap study. Um, they're unanimously like pain studies. 
Okay, Mr. Jameson, it's uh, really excited to have you here for our study. Our, um, you're our first participant in this 10-week study, so, oh, so right. thank you very much. Yeah, um, for sure. So what's going to happen is we're going to have you, uh, you're going to actually stay uh, here in this uh, room for a okay. while. Okay, all right. And uh, you're going to be on this couch. We've got a couch set up and a TV, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a cooler of beer here. Okay, all and right. And several bags of chips. Yeah. Um, some snacks. Uh, there's a refrigerator uh, with um, whatever kind of food. There's a bunch of different things in there. Okay. And, uh, so what we're going to have you do is you're going to sleep on the couch, and uh, every few hours uh, we'll wake you up, and we'll have you drink a bunch of beer and mm-hmm. eat some chips and then go back to sleep. Oh, wow. And we're going to be watching this for the next 10 weeks to see what happens. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, this sounds, uh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling good about this uh, test. I was a little worried mm-hmm. and uh, I can do this. I feel good. Well, we went through a, a large pool of unemployed males mm-hmm. to find you. Okay. And we looked for someone who, who would fit this bill perfectly. So we're, we're just as confident as, as, as you are that we can, we can successfully monitor someone with as little work ethic as you. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. that one burnt a little bit. Oh. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I am looking for a job. Uh, do, sure uh, you are, yeah, okay. Oh, whoa. No, I mean, <laughs> oh, hey. No, 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 I didn't mean to, I, that. I, I didn't you don't mean to condescend? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm just saying uh, it, it's, uh, the job market's not good right now, so it, it, it's very hard. Okay, that's a little, it felt different than before. Subject appears irritable. Why the fuck don't these chips open? Why the fuck? Why aren't the? All right, I get it. You looking at me? Yeah, I can't get the chips open. Okay, my hands are greasy from the last bag. All right. Did you did you do anything to the chips? Uh, I super glued them shut. I glued them shut. That's part of the experiment. Oh, okay. Oh, this is real funny. All right, old grease hands over here can't open the chips. You monsters. You're looking at me like I'm an animal. Well, I am on Craigslist every day looking for any job. I have recently been... I, I, I don't even check any boxes. I just say all. All. I will do... That's why... Good. See, we're trying to um, see if there's a correlation between the length of time someone's been unemployed and how, how hard they are trying to open chips. Yes, it is quite <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I hear, are you laughing in there? I hear a faint laughter. I know this is a two-way mirror, you sons of bitches. It's been two days. I'm pretty upset. Is this what you want? I paid taxes. I got a dad. I, I, I gave him a regular chip bag today. It's a regular chip bag? He's a regular chip bag. I, he still can't get it open. <laughs> oh, I get it. You you gave me a fake remote so I can't find my channels. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I'm trying to watch ESPN and I can't find the channel. What a goof. What a goof. At the remote's regular remote. <laughs> I checked I checked all the stations. I uh, checked the satellite. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, this is rich. This is rich. Oh, yep. Look at me. Fumble, fumble. Can't find it. Nope. No. No. HBO. No. Doesn't know that you have to hit the cable button before you change the channel. He's in the TV controls right now. That's oh, pretty, yeah. No, my dad messes us up all the time. I, I'm, I'm beginning to think he's also not the brightest unemployed male. 
This good. couch doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. See, I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> it's kind of shocking, actually, how much truth there was in that. <laughs> For, like, my experience in the, in the lab, uh, there was a lot there that I, like, actually really resonated with me. Um, for nice. example, um, like, okay, so I'll describe briefly the study I was in. So I show up for the study, and they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, like, attach these, like, crazy conductors to your forearms, and their function is to, like, send you electrical signals that are perfectly calibrated to, like, uh, trigger your pain receptors. So they're just going to, like, flood you with unadulterated pain uh, to varying degrees. And then I was supposed to, like, perform, <laughs> perform some, like, like do some memory game or something. I, I can't remember exactly what I was expected to actually do in the meantime. But then they would, like, slowly, like, ratchet up the signal, the strength of the signal over time. Uh, so it would, like, it was, like, you know, barely noticeable at first. And then as the study progresses, it becomes, like, more and more intolerable. I'm, like, becoming, like, nauseous just, like, from the pain of it. I can, like, <laughs> like my vision is starting to blur and I like, can't remember what I'm, like, actually trying to do. And so, like... But one of the most salient things from that experience was like constantly thinking like what is this for again like <laughs> like why why like so there have to be at least some people at least the people in this room but presumably lots of people were involved with like the design of this experiment and like people read it and approved it and funded it uh, and like I just couldn't imagine like as I was being burned and like doing this trivial memory game like what is the upshot for this to like science like w- like why is this happening to me you know I sort of felt like my I was just like in a room with like a super glue bag of chips like this can't possibly be useful to anybody like just like video of me being burned in this room uh, and like a direct kind of like next step so at the, at the same time so I started telling this story of my experience in the lab because at the same time as I'm doing these lab studies, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Brisby is being like slowly moved down the row at the uh, integrated physiology lab. And it's sitting in the chair and like reaching like the last, the last burn threshold that I can't focus on the game anymore. I can only think, why am I doing this? That like the dots connect for me. And I think, holy shit, this is like life. This is the whole story and much worse for many animals. Like, here I am in this room and like, this really sucks. And I'm going to make like, I don't know, some obscenely low dollar amount, like $20 for like being burned for two hours. And, I'm, and, I, and I get up and I leave. And it's as I'm leaving. So I quit the study. I like left the study in the middle. Just decided like, you know what, fuck this. Like I, I'm not going to like sit here and like wait for someone to justify like why I'm being burned for this. Uh, and then they would say something. I knew, I just knew they would say something like, well, you know, you're being compensated for your time and I would have to like resist the urge to assault them. Um, but it was like, as I was leaving, as I got up and like unstrapped and left and they were like super awkward about it, uh, that I realized like, holy shit, uh, Mrs. Brisby and animals like her, like cannot leave. They cannot just get up and decide like, fuck this. It's not worth $20. Uh, you know, they have to, like, endure a lifetime of this to, like, a much greater extent in some cases. Um, So it was, like, that revelation that... Having that revelation, I immediately, like, go... Like, I leave the lab, and I, like, get on the bus, and I go straight to my friend's house, and I'm like, yo, we got to get Mrs. Brisby out of the lab. And 
there's a sense in which it felt trivial, like saving just the one rat. And there was a sense that it was always confusing to me why like just the one rat. Like he kept on moving all the cages down, right? He didn't like quit his job at the lab. But this one rat, I, I just felt this like deep, deep empathy for like, okay, as long as, as long as you're in this and I'm convinced we got to get her out. It's like mission impossible now. So we started to like formulate a plan about like how to make the escape. Uh, and it was never a good plan <laughs> at all. It was barely a plan really. Uh, but like, you know, the seeds of that empathy were sown in a way that I don't think, I don't know, I could ever have really, exp- I, I don't think I could ever have communicated it. I don't think I can even communicate it really now to anyone who hasn't like sat down and been strapped to a chair and burned for like 20 minutes for no reason. Hey, uh, you guys, uh, Jason brought you down here. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, that was Jason. Yeah, no, if he had a hockey mask on, it was Jason. He <laughs> threw you down here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he definitely he had a hockey mask on. <clears throat> oh, man, I feel so bad for you guys. I feel awful. Where, where the, where the fuck This is his murder basement. <laughs> I just feel terrible his for you murder guys. murder basement? Yeah, he just, you know, he brings people down here and he murders them. He was a roommate? No, 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 no. I was a victim, just like you. He just, I, I guess Did I'm likable. I'm, I'm wondering, though, if we all, we must have been drugged because we're all pretty calm about this. Well, I mean, you, you know? guys should be freaking out. He is going to tear your skin from your body. He does graphic, horrible, uh, he, we just have a rapport. Oh, God. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? Oh, God. Oh, no, I mean, cry, cry. That makes sense. That's an emotion you should be having right now. I mean, we're Jason. And I, I mean, I'm, I don't think we're friends, but like he respects me. Why? Well, can we? How do we how do, do that? We get how, out we get, of here? how do we get, how do get we him get, to respect us? How, we, how do we get out of here? Yeah, man? I don't know. I've seen a lot of people come through here. A lot of people. The body count is high. But I, mean, I feel like you, I feel like you know something we don't know. No, no. I'm just like generally pleasant. We have a good, a good. We. I mean, I like the Cubs. We both like the Cubs. You bo- so maybe if we say we like don't them. fake like the Cubs. He can tell if you're actually a Cubs fan. Well, do you like Arietta pitching this season? I, exactly. Well, yeah. No, you don't know anything about the Cubs. Don't fake liking the Cubs. Just, can't you, oh God. Coach? Oh God, is there something? Is there anything we can do? He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. No. No, 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 not me. Hey, Take uh, him. He's been here longer. He's been here longer. Hey, catch. Jason. What's up, buddy? Hey, you Secret handshake. Zow. Yeah. You catch the uh, Cubs game. Nope. You know that. Uh, that was a test. No, you're down here. <laughs> down here. <laughs> Man, though, what a, what a nail biter that one was. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think they're underrated this season. <laughs> I'm going to rip your skin off your face, motherfucker. <laughs> You want me to say one more word, okay? Listen to me. Anyway, so yeah. As we were saying, Mm -hmm. gosh, you guys are so rude. Before this guy interrupted us. Uh, Any good murders recently? Well, a couple couple more uh, last weekend. Well, you were there. You saw. No, 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 no. That was, yeah, the spine. Weird part of the body. I know. (laughs) I guess that's why they don't give you the spine when you go to the grocery store and get chicken. You never ask for, like, 
meat on a spine. Huh, you know? I never thought about that, but that is a really good point. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That is a good point. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, am I, am I, are you going to, can I go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not going. You're leaving here in pieces. Oh. All right. I'm, you sh- I'm going upstairs, right? I'm going to grab my cleaver and I'm going to grab, grab my sharpening tools because my cleaver is, du- is dull. So I'm going to sharpen it first. But then when I get down oh, here. God. Oh, God. Uh, All right. Well, if you happen to go my Starbucks, an almond latte would uh, be amazing. Are you doing no whip non-fat still? Or are you getting. You okay. know me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, listen, last time someone there tried to kiss me and it really bothered me because I had, I, they said, take off your hockey mask. I'm going to yeah. solve all your problems. Uh-huh. And, and, and he said, your name's on the cup. I didn't know what that meant. It was ridiculous. Was it spelled all funny? <laughs> well, I mean, it was like J-A-Y-S-O-N. Oh like, who spells their name like that, right? Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. you know? Whoa. Uh, what? I don't know. I just I don't hear the Lord's name down here very often. Oh, well, I mean, I wasn't... I was <laughs> Listen, uh, Matthias, we're going to bust you out of this. No. No. We're getting you out, all right? Me, me and uh, Pinky here, uh, we... Uh, oh, God. No, no, we snuck out of our cage. Listen, mm-hmm. we snuck out of our yeah, cage. we're out. We managed to get all the way down here, get into your cage. Yeah. This is all, all right. I know. I'm yeah. not going to survive out there. <laughs> we tied our tails together, made a rope bridge, and then climbed down ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really cool, yeah. Have you guys ever seen Shawshank? Jonathan showed me. Uh, well, yeah, and he escapes at the end of Shawshank, yeah. doesn't he? No, but I'm like that guy who hangs himself. Oh, you're the you're the get busy living or get busy dying guy. You don't need to be yeah. that guy. There's lots of people in that movie. Yeah, dude. No, but I've been inside so long. Yeah, but there's like, I don't know. There's golden. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Who do you time. want to be? Why don't Why don't you just decide to be uh, Morgan Freeman? You could be Morgan Freeman, and you could go to the beach at the end and meet yeah. your friends. That'd and be then cool. you, you stop an have... asteroid. You are the president. That, wait, no, so that many... doesn't happen in Shawshank. What? No, Morgan Freeman. He's the he's the guy who gets things for people. Remember? No, but then the asteroid is coming to Earth, and he's the president. Well, no, that's a different movie. There's no asteroid Look, in Shawshank. Listen, you guys right, are only are four rats. Rats. No, no, I just think we should establish this so that we all know who we're talking about. You see, my brain it has a tough time really comprehending different movies. Okay, just... God, let's go. Let's just fucking go. <laughs> Okay, before before we go, who are you going to be then? Who do you want to be? Because we yeah, want to make yeah, sure yeah, you're yeah, in this. Yeah, so you committed yeah, yeah. to this. You're going to be Andy Dufresne. Ooh. Because he's the one who gets no, out. He that's a pull. Do you have IMDb? Mm-hmm, totally have IMDb. Wow. I check it like every day. No, you guys are the ones. Pre- I'm either the Morgan Freeman or the guy who hangs himself. That's the two <laughs> options. I've been. Well, the, well, Morgan Freeman is, 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 is a better option, yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, I, I know. Let's get out of here. <laughs> you want us to leave? We're trying to help you. We're yeah. trying to help you out. We're your friends. Okay. No, let's go then. Let's stop talking about Shawshank. <laughs> it's just a great movie. Yeah. It's a really fantastic uh, film. God, why did I bring it up? Stephen King, man. Yeah. Have you ever read that was Stephen, Stephen King? King? That was Get out of here, It was called Butters. Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption when he wrote the book. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, the scientists are back. Our plot is foiled. No. <laughs> Tie your tails together. <laughs> Joseph, I want to hear more about this. Um, Ah, it's like the impossible empathy, the uselessness of it, and the the you're aware of that. You're when you're starting the 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 plan, 
you already know that it's um yeah uh, yeah yeah it's something it's something i continue to feel i think really in a way that was like the a turning point in my life where like i could never really like go back i've i've heard i've heard people describe their lives in like um like before and after moments like there was there was this thing and my life before it and then my life after and for many people that's like having children there was my life before having children and my life have and my life after it or a marriage or like you know uh deployment or you know something and i think for me in many ways like the turning like the before and after moment was my like realization that there was this there was this thing i could try and do in this case to help this one rat um avoid this um her imminent demise but like it was never really that was just that was really just like a symptom of the bigger problem like mrs brisby was just one rat but there were all the other rats in the lab there were all the other labs full of rats there were all the other animals in labs who weren't rats and then sort of like this since then just this like widening gyre of like my moral sphere of like realizing oh and then there's also like all of the animals that aren't in the labs that are on for example farms and then there are all of you know just like at this point now i'm at a point in my life where i'm like like ants overrun my house and my fiance is like damn we got to get rid of all these ants and i'm like well you know is it really that bad that we like share the house with ants like they were wow. first in a way you know I- what about people? Yeah, of course. There's lots of people that are suffering needlessly. Yeah, of course, which is also terrifying and, um, you know, like unbearable uh, in the same way. Uh, so, yeah, so, but the point being that, like, you know, I always thought of myself, I, I spent, expended energy before this point on, like, being a good person, thinking about, like, what it meant to be a good person and, like, how to go about the world doing good things. And that mostly meant for me, like, you know, like, telling the truth when I can and, like, holding the door open and not doing obviously bad things. But it was at this moment that I realized when I started to think about, like, making genuine sacrifices of myself and other people to the benefit of this disadvantaged individual, Mrs. Brisby, who's trapped in the laboratory, that, you know, like my moral person became about something more than that. It wasn't just about like not telling a lie and holding the door open. It was about like, you know, all of the, like the entirety of suffering in the world of human and other non-human animal alike. And like what, all, what I can like really do to prevent as much of that as I can. And that was before the rescue. That was like the moment after preceding the, the attempted rescue. Um, so we try to, so, okay, so we have this plan to perform a rescue and the plan basically consists of like buying a rat cage at Petco and like, uh, me pulling up the car to the lab on like a slow day in the morning. And then he having like some like chewy treat in his lab pocket. And then like when he does all the shuffling, the plan is that he'll like pick her up and put her in his pocket and she'll like immediately discover the soft, like quiet sumptuous treat uh and then be distracted while he like nonchalantly is like well i gotta go out of this room right now and like takes her out of the room and then i would be there with the cage and she would like live this happily ever happily ever after life 
And that's like the whole plan. And there's no like, what if anything happens <laughs> that isn't according to that plan? Like, what if, like, here's an example. What if we take the rat out of the cage who's never like left this cage and she doesn't just quietly eat this treat in this pocket and like make a, a, a safe transfer? Uh, so that's the plan. Um, the plan goes awry when uh, we we buy the cage, we go in to perform the rescue, and he's got the, I don't know, I think it was like a piece of salt water taffy in his pocket. Uh, and unbeknownst to him, due to like a series of schedule shifts, um, someone else had been in the lab the day before when he expected there to be no one in the lab the day before. And so like the deed was done uh, before we arrived. So it was just like, you know, just just total failure. Um, And it's it's that moment, like the failing, the the failing to help Mrs. Brisby that I think of as like the turning point where like every moment after that became a moment of like revelatory clarity where I'm like, well, it was never about just Mrs. Brisby. It was Mm -hmm. about like, the fact that all of these terrible things are happening needlessly in the world, all over the place, all around us, and that up to now I wasn't doing anything about it. I was just like living my life. And it took this like experience where I was like the subject of senseless violence to like realize that I wanted to spend my life in a more meaningful way. All right, philosophy students. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't received anyone's final term paper for a number of excuses. <laughs> the one that has occur- reoccurred many times is some of you cannot complete your papers because there is, and I quote, too much suffering in the world. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, professor. Yes. Well, I respect this as a philosopher. It is not a good reason to not complete your work, and I will have to fail anyone who does not turn in their term paper. Uh, okay, so you're for suffering? Is that... Because if we apply the logic that we've learned this semester, yeah, that would therefore equate to you being a pro-suffering position that is what i'm hearing mr sklitsky like if you are not going to allow us to spend time thinking and caring about the stuff that we are passionate about what you're actively saying is i support that suffering what i'm asking for you to do is to write it down i'm a very oral person it's a history and a narrative that you should respect not every Mm -hmm. culture writes stuff down Mm -hmm. all right so if you can listen to me now, grade what I'm saying. I do not appreciate being talked down to in my own classroom. That's your perception, dog. What if, uh, what if I told you, uh, can we do a thought experiment? I would love I, that. I, I think this is you mean like the one you did where you put that man in the room? Uh, well, that, that was more ended up being a practical joke at the end of the day, but yes. Uh, <clears throat> my thought experiment, what if I told you that uh, every time you... Uh, made someone write a term paper, uh, someone ran over a puppy. Would you then do it? Yes, yes, I'm familiar with these kind of experiments. <laughs> I am a philosophy professor. Mm-hmm. So, so then what, what then? Because that equates to suffering, yeah. if, we, if, if that was the established. 
Am I causing you to suffer yeah. by having you write a term paper? Yes, you are. Every time I have to write a paper, I don't go on a date. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. <laughs> well. In fact, the opposite happens. I write a paper and I don't get laid. Yeah. I'm not getting laid because I'm writing a paper. This is actively. college. Then you are not using your philosophy degree properly. It should be getting you laid here what? and there. Oh, what? I did not expect that. This... How are we supposed to use it to get ourselves laid? Yeah. Have you ever talked to someone about how much suffering there is in the world? And all they want to do at the end is make out? Only a... Uh, yeah, so anyway, you want another beer? I, uh, I can go get you... This, this is my uh, roommate's house, so the party is... I live here, too. Yeah, I oh. think I need another... Oh. Anyway, I, I can get you both... I can get you, you ladies both beers. Oh, sure. Cool. Yeah. Here, here you yeah. go. Sounds like a cool house party. Uh, yeah, so anyway, what was I talking about? Anyway... Uh, talking about how we're all going to die and yeah. how everything we do kind of is without consequence. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I thought, I thought like, you know, we're all going to die and there's so much suffering and I'm and I'm... And I'm just suffering, but what if it's not about me? You know, like, what if, what if it's about all of us, and like we have to live for this moment, like right now, and just fuck and just like, get, you know, get out the passion, because we're all gonna suffer, you know. If we're not fuck, if you're not fucking, you're suffering. That's my wow. That's I, my g- new I motto. guess I've never thought of that before. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you're not. If you're not fucking, you're suffering. <laughs> Becky, I mean, I feel like I'm not suffering when I'm like, you know, walking my dog or something. I don't. I'm really satisfied with my job and I'm not fucking during my job (laughs) and it doesn't feel like suffering. It feels like it feels like I'm giving back to society. Well, I mean, let's, you know, what is giving back to society? You know, I mean, I think I think it's providing pleasure. And, okay. Uh, well, I work with homeless youth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're both social science major. We both majoring in political science. Yeah. So, and social services. Oh, that's really that's a really noble that's a noble thing. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I really feel like I I want to stop your suffering right now I'm because not your noble cause. <laughs> no. I can tell you are. I can tell you are because I am and we're one. It you is and me, difficult rewarding work you know? that I enjoy and yeah. it makes me feel better about humanity. Mm-hmm. Bro, bro, it's your professor. What? Let me step in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, 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 I got okay. this. I got this. Okay. Ladies, ladies, hello. Oh, hey, Mr. Skolitsky, how are you doing? Doing well. How are, how are you? Wow, I didn't expect to see you at this party. It's, it's kind of a cool party. You are a dart in eternity. <laughs> what? You are a dart in eternity. Oh. Nothing is of consequence. You will never affect the universe. Wow. If, okay. I don't think this is suffering or fucking. I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm, I'm not having a good time. Do you want to come back? Nope. <laughs> I could say with certainty. I thought you said that would work. What was that? That made it worse. That was like some existential thing that you did. I was trying. Dude, I don't know. Dude. Now, now I have to go. I have to start all over. I have to find two more girls, and I have to try again, and, I, and I, I've rehearsed it, but I've totally... Now I'm thrown off. You're thinking way too hard about this, man. Oh, all right. Let's go chug some beers in my office and just, like, get shit-faced. 
I was just going to bring up the point oh. that there's a middle between fucking and suffering, what? and it's happening in the quad. <laughs> Y'all in? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have... Oh, man. Deadlines, right? Mm. Ugh. So, mm. Yeah, Nike needs our input. We're excited to roll out this campaign, and I know we have been really rolling this around in our brains for a while. We don't have mm-hmm. a very good answer, but you know what people will remember tomorrow when we launch is Nike was a uh, change. It changed the world. It changed the world. September tenth, <laughs> the world was fine. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, Nike will have changed everything. There's a before and an after. And tomorrow is after, and the world will know. And we will remember it. Are you, so you're saying Nike Nike's going to change the world? I'm on saying September our campaign 11th. is going to change the world tomorrow, and we will be remembered. And tomorrow is September 11th? Yes. Right. Right? Do I have the calendar? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just trying to put that together. Like you're saying mm-hmm. that our something something's gonna happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, which is September yeah, 11. a cultural shift. Just do it, man. <laughs> do what? <laughs> just do it. Yeah, man. Fly that plane, man. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm f- okay. I'm flying. Look, man. Are you gonna backseat pilot me the whole time? Just do it. <laughs> Guys, I gotta be honest. That that's an incredibly racist PSA we just put out. <laughs> that looks really bad for the company. Yeah, I mean that every possible stereotype was exemplified. Mm-hmm. But it changed everything. It, well, did it help though? There was before, and there was after, and now we know better. Oh, um, well, I guess I, I need to go look for a new job now. Hey, so uh, we're just gonna have you sit in this room. Here's couch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. There's some potato chips over here. All right, we're just going to see. It's hard to open. Fuck. Okay, wait wait till we're out of the room. I really want these chips. I'm unemployed. Yeah, we see that you used to work at Nike. Uh, Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I just, yeah. Okay. All right, we're just going to be back there and have fun. Okay, fine. All right, let's see. Here, watch some TV. What the fuck? It's on TikTok. It's nothing. Nothing's. Hey, excuse me. This uh, this isn't working. This remote. I wanna. I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to watch TV here. I know you can hear. I, I can see. Maybe can we stop the experiment for a second? I just have a question. Just for. I feel like we just started. So maybe if we just stop like right before we really. Because I really. If I can't watch TV, then I'm gonna be here for ten weeks. Fuck. Andy Dufresne came into Shawshank. <laughs> Yeah, he's watching Shawshank, trying to open the chips. <laughs> oh, okay, I was wondering where you were going to go with that. I was excited. It's a good movie. Do you know that uh, Stephen King novel? No! Yeah, no, it was called something else, but... Hey guys, I really want to get out of this experiment. Please. I, I think I can hear voices behind that mirror. How are you feeling, Joseph? <laughs> uh, I didn't... I guess we made it. I guess we made it to like the 9/11 jokes. 
are okay point. Well, <laughs> I was I was just like th- did, what did struck we me. It? Well, what struck me about are we and, there? I, and I know that was it was maybe a did jump. We do it? But what struck me about this was the, was this idea of like something that is so inconsequential on an important mm. event. And I don't think I executed it great, but I, uh, that, that was, was what was interesting. That was what was interesting to me about that is the idea that like there, there's an action you can do that you think is meaningful or important. And it is like there, maybe there is merit in a Nike campaign or something, but in the grand mm. scheme, there's like this larger uncontrollable aspect to it. And I think mm. that's, what struck me yeah. with that. I think I took it in a direction you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the connection. And I, yeah. I guess one, one thing I want to say in reaction to some of... I actually thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, like, that was, that was genuine. Like, I think we made it. Like, we can joke about 9-11 yeah, now. Yeah. It's, it's far enough. It's been a long time. Uh, but what I wanted to say was... Um, I, I detected, like, a, tra- a thread of fatalism. Like, ah, oh, like... You know, there's so much suffering in the world. What are you going to do about it? But my experience was actually, like, exactly the opposite. It was sort of, like, a realization that, like, each, like, literally every piece, every moment of suffering I could prevent, like, had that much meaning. Um, Interesting. And, like, it was a failure that really, like, weighed heavily on me, you know, that we couldn't, like, prevent this from Mrs. Brisby, um, in spite of the fact that there was, like, so much more beyond that going on, so... Thank you so much, Joseph. Yeah, thank you. you. That was awesome. Yeah, that was super fun. fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This episode was written and performed at the same time by Michael Zimmer, David Calkins, and Dylan Reef. My name is Eric Klein, and the guest was Joseph Fraley. Music composed by Scott Holmes. Derailer is online at D-E-R-A-I-L-E-R dot X-Y-Z. Derailer dot X-Y-Z is the website where you can listen to all of our past episodes. Each program is a special snowflake, and uh, this one was no exception. I'm so happy that you listened to it. You can also uh, subscribe to the program on iTunes. Uh, Search for Derailer and then look for the grizzly bear riding a bicycle. Derailer is on Facebook. Uh, you also really must uh, check out Kickstand Comedy Space on Facebook to make sure that you know uh, such things as uh, when Derailer has a special uh, event that you can attend live. Um, well, that's all. That's all that I want to tell you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, go ahead and reach out to us on Facebook if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or um, offers. We accept all offers as gifts. 